0: to you, dear listener. This morning's school run, where I did my sister a solid and drove her daughter and the carpool twins, 40 minutes each way, was almost joyful as songs from the greatest showman and Adele were on the playlist. All four of us were singing at the tops of our voices. I'm kind of impressed that my niece managed 70 Snapchat posts by 8am. I wonder if social media will still be a thing when she enters the workforce. According to my guest, business and life coach Gina DeVee, 67% of people hate their jobs. Gina reckons no one wants a life of mediocrity, so if you want to be empowered to live your best possible life and be queen of your own universe, listen up as Gina shares her wisdom on how we can live in financial, emotional, spiritual and lifestyle abundance. We simply must applaud them, the chat podcast with Claire. I'm going to make a confession that whenever anyone says the word to me life coach I do a bit of eye rolling
1: only a bit <laughs> <laughs> only
0: a bit <laughs> and I, I have been cynical in the past mm-hmm. and I like my life coaches and therapists actually to be have it all sorted mm. I do I want them to to, to look the part mm-hmm. and to be successful if you're trying to when I say you I mean one trying mm-hmm. to tell people this is how you can and should be then I think the person should be have achieved that and you have and that is why I wanted to interview you I've had it on my list I want to speak to a a, a life coach and I'm going to be honest I've met some and frankly
1: I don't find them inspiring (laughs) Do, do you agree or am I being unfair I think that that can be true for any industry. You know, there's some doctors that are amazing and some that are just don't even deserve the license. Same right. with attorneys and, and therapists and life coaches run the gamut as well. Except life coaches
0: are offering to make someone's life better. If you yes. pay me money, yes. say, or buy my book or buy this, then you are going to be such a better person. And sometimes that's not true. And I, But I do know, because we have mutual friends and acquaintances and you come highly recommended so I want you to tell me how you became a transformational business and life coach please
1: well thank you very much you know I will say this that probably in the industry of life coaching, personal development, human potential, that there is a large degree of people teaching what they themselves want to learn. Yes. So depending on where you find them on their journey, they may not have quite mastered it uh, yet. And probably, Do you think that means they shouldn't be
0: offering themselves as life coaches?
1: I think that everybody needs to be honest with themselves about what they can offer and and know their limitations and know their boundaries. And I think that, you know, if someone has the heart and the passion and very likely some sort of life experience to be a blessing or benefit in someone's life, then that's great at whatever level that is. We are in an era of such ridiculous self-promotion that it can be hard to weed through what credentials does someone really have what authority does someone have what experience do they really have um and that's i think what's important to take a look at you started out as a psychotherapist a struggling psychotherapist well, let's be honest well <laughs> if you
0: say a struggling psychotherapist yes. i mean if you're if you're men- mentally successful i mean okay, you you touched on a point here does success to do you mean rich and
1: famous that's such a great question partially not exclusively I do believe that, and I'm not gonna put this on everyone, but I do believe Mm -hmm. that most people need to have a certain amount of money to live their real life. Because most people desire to live a very big life, whatever that big life is. Most people desire to have a huge impact for the better, and that takes a lot of money. So in that sense, I do see a great amount of money required for someone to be successful. Okay, but do you accept that some people
0: can be successful if they're happy and content, but they might not have a lot of money? Not- oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So the only people you're looking to help are people who want more? Absolutely. Okay, so you were, you said you called yourself a struggling psychotherapist yes. because you were only earning, I read your bio, mm-hmm. 75,000, no, you were 75,000 in debt. Yes. But you you know how important good mental health is. Then presumably, if yes. you've studied psychotherapy, now I think that must can only be an advantage to you to know who what you're dealing with. Now you deal you do one on one and you do big groups. Yes. So presumably, that knowledge of psychotherapy means you can spot if someone falls into a certain category. Are they a doormat? Are they a I I don't know what the categories are of people but you that does that help you then?
1: Most definitely I do would say that having a master's degree in clinical psychology and having spent a couple of years actually being a psychotherapist has greatly aided me in being a having become quite a masterful coach in my Mm -hmm. industry.
0: You are because I've been on your website divineliving.com and you do you have got it I mean you you look confident you can talk in the camera and you can walk you do the moving (laughs) shots as well and it looks to me like some of your um I don't know what you call them not conferences but workshops they I mean they're in spectacular settings they seem to work everyone you've got a lot of people saying nice things about it so how important is appearance to success to you because everyone in your videos they look
1: bloody successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like to do is live on brand. And mm. so I created the brand Divine Living, which is about having a very divinely inspired career, so a spiritually inspired career, and having a divine lifestyle because I'm completely unapologetic about my enjoyment of the finer things in life. <laughs> and it took me a long time to out that secret, but that's very much of yeah, what because dif- we have
0: guilt, don't we? We
1: uh, some of us. Yeah, no, I kept like the secret, like, you know, like, oh, well, maybe people won't really know that I like the Jimmy Choo's, you know, and it's like, it just became ridiculous after a while. So I have given myself permission to be me, to live on brand, to dress on brand. Um, and so I think that it's really important for whatever one's brand is personally or professionally. If your brand is eco-conscious, burlap, Birkenstocks, you know, whatever that is. I think that's really important to people who want to be around that essence. So I think that there's so many different essences and... But how
0: did you make the leap from struggling psychotherapists to the big, the big bucks to help you start this path of living this expensive and extravagant lifestyle and then showing other people how to do it?
1: One word, honesty. Okay. I got honest with myself. So I grew up in a very conservative Christian environment in the Midwest, so all of, you know, you weren't supposed to focus on how you looked, Mm -hmm. and you weren't supposed to be materialistic, and and the aim was just to to be spiritual, and if, you know, all that other, those riches, you know, led you to the devil, and it it was very much that story, and... I've just always been one who's enjoyed the finer things in life, you know, and I'd go shopping for an Easter dress. You know, my parents were school teachers and we had a budget to live within, so it was only shopping on the sale rack, And but I found mm-hmm. things that I liked on the other racks at the up. other stores. And But how did you, where did you get, where did the money come from, what? I got honest that I actually desired these things, and I got honest with myself that I could be spiritual and wealthy. And once I gave myself permission to be who I really am, that is when everything took off. Because I stopped resisting, I stopped making wrong, I stopped hiding certain elements that were actually quite true to me. Now, um, forgive me if this sounds trivial, but you're very
0: attractive. Thank you. Um so you've got a bit of a head start on someone who might want all of those things but they're not attractive so they and they might have a serious weight problem so if you saw someone who was say extremely overweight hair a mess no might would you go there and say do you know what you might want to put a bit of lipstick on
1: yes right I mean if if that's the look that the, that someone is going for I don't think that I mean, there are too many beautiful examples of women of every size, mm-hmm. so oh, weight has nothing to do with it anymore. I think it's really about having a point of view, and I do believe that how we present ourselves in the world speaks volumes, myself included. You, know, you didn't see me when I woke up this morning. <laughs> you know, it's about us taking the time to have that point of view? Are you going to show your depression, your anxiety, your frumpiness, the the way you've kind of given up on life or your physical looks? Or are you going to be excited about life or use your physical expression as a creative expression?
0: But some people might say, well, easy for you to say because you've got plenty of money. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. you don't deserve it Mm because you've worked hard and you've built a successful Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. But I do meet and know some women. I mean, I know a lot of wealthy women, and I know some who are really struggling right now, mm-hmm. financially. And mm-hmm. I accept, and I applaud you for 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 focusing in on money because I think it is makes a difference. Has it, unless of course you've got a terrible physical disability or a homeless or a. But even that comes down to money. And let, until we've got a bit of money in the bank, I think most people's frustrations and hardships are because they haven't got enough money so what would you say to the regular everyday person who doesn't have the big dreams that you have
1: about getting through lean patches first of all i think everybody has big dreams okay i think some people have given up on theirs but they are they are all living inside of each one of us because i know the way god and the universe works and none of us were created for mediocrity none of us were created for small and I know that we all have big dreams and all those dreams are different and we get to place a value on what the dreams are Um, and really I ask the question how good are you willing to let life get Mm. and you know you live a certain amount of life and what I also know for sure is every woman has a story we all have overcome so much at this point in our lives and we gotta get that we're not the only ones like every Every woman or man's eyes you look into of a certain age, they've earned it. They have been through it. They And if they're still smiling, they have overcome. I think that for us to just really remember that there has never been a better time to live on this planet. Like there's so much possibility, there is so much potential. You have the global marketplace at your fingertips, on your phone, um, you know, of all the negative, horrible, atrocious things that are happening in this world, I also believe there's never been a better time for a woman to live on this planet.
0: But you, you do you accept that there are some people, through no fault of their own, who are absolutely struggling, and they might be homeless, they might have young kids. Do you, do you have children? I don't. Is, may I ask if that's a, a choice? Conscious choice, Yeah. Yes. If you have young children, you don't, have so many choices anymore, but responsibilities. And if you lose your job or your husband loses a job or his husband dies, you, know, you could end up in the gutter, if you
1: like, sure. or living in your car. Yes. Do you, what advice would
0: you give to somebody like that?
1: Do I know that there are great devastations that people experience? Yes. But I don't bow and worship the circumstances more than someone's potential and the ability for God or the universe to intervene and overcome whatever the circumstances are. I also believe in radical responsibility you know, all of these stories that we as a society have been conditioned, oh my gosh, isn't that so awful so-and-so lost their job. Usually I start applauding when someone loses their job because people are so powerful, they get themselves fired because they don't want to be there. They want something different going on. So usually when you go and you take a look at the root of what happened, the person created that for some reason. And it's not that I haven't had down and out times, very down and out times, down and out financial times and, other, and emotional ones, and other people do too, but we're, we're so much more capable and so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for sometimes. And from the homeless shelter to the job loss to the seemingly impossible circumstance, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. And
0: so, what is? Would you say was your greatest strength? And if so for someone who wants to find out more about you, your website, and or doing one of your courses, who are the sort of women that do you call them a course or a workshop or both? Right. of What what is it that you offer?
1: Well, I think that um, historically, many women have come and enrolled in my courses because they thought it was some sort of business or money making um, course, which many of them overtly have been. But the, the core and the essence of all of my courses, classes, podcasts, free content, paid content is, um, it's really about empowering a woman to be the queen in her life. Mm-hmm. And I use the archetype of queen because she's the masterful blend of the masculine and the feminine. Early in my career I was inspired by the ancient story of Queen Esther of Persia, which Christians know it from the Bible, Jews know it from Purim. Um, the short version is she was a Jewish orphan girl that ended up becoming the queen of Persia when she was the queen, there was a law issued to kill all the Jews in the land and the king did not know that she was a Jew. So she had to go and risk her life and go before the king and expose who she is and plead that her people would be saved. In fact, they were. So in my book, Esther is the heroine of all time. What does this mean for you? It means that only from the position of queen, could Esther have fulfilled her calling? And I believe that is the same for every woman on the planet, that only from this position of empowerment and only from the position of queen can we fulfill our calling. So you think all women are potentially queens? Absolutely, and every woman was a queen. Mm.
0: Yes, I I, I confess (laughs) I... See, so you push like your that. shoulders back yes, and yes. smile a little no more. And do you agree that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors involved as well? Because you, it's that image that we portray. Sometimes we can be feeling like shit. Maybe one day, but you still paint on that smile. Or do you want say
1: that it's okay to go out without your lipstick on sometimes? Or sure, I, I think it's it's. Well, first of all, it depends where you're going. If you put your lipstick on, you're going to the gym. It's a little silly to me. (laughs) Um, You know, it's really about, you know, being a queen is about more than lipstick. I think the queen has gotten a bad rap and Mm. I'm making her cool again. You know, she's not a diva. Um, She's not a princess. You know, she is empowered. She is a feminine, benevolent ruler. She's a feminine leader. Everyone gets to pick their own kind of queen. It's not always Chanel and, and red lipstick. Like there's there's every flavor of queen out there and you go do your own style of queen.
0: So you, in, as a queen, you, mm-hmm. you say that you've chosen not to have prince and princesses. Do you mind <laughs> me asking why that is? Uh, yes, happily.
1: So I'm Italian and I knew very fertile people <laughs> <laughs> knew that I was going to have not, I was going to have four children mm-hmm. I mean of course I was going to have two boys and two girls and we would have we would my husband and I would buy a villa in Tuscany and the children would come and there would be big I wanted a little girl to look like me and go yeah. shopping you know, pretty the whole, dresses oh, yes. the whole thing the whole thing and I met my husband when I was 32 we were so madly in love and having such a great time it was like I didn't want you know everyone's like everything changes when you have kids mm. I didn't want a thing to change so I was like 32, 33 34 I'm like oh 35 I'm like I live in LA but so it's like that's still like normal and I was like we should probably think about having kids right and he's like Gina if you want kids like he's he, he would have a child tonight if like he's like all about kids so so he's never has he had children before? oh yes yes all oh, right yes, so that he, he has children they're you, my age because you oh <laughs> <laughs> so you need
0: to have a guy who's cool not having kids because uh you know some even if we thought oh I don't want to have children I'm happily have two but um if the guy wants is pressurizing you and it's difficult yes, fortunately
1: I guess. my man he said he'd be happy with me with kids without yeah. kids this is how he responds will you be there oh, so I love you. so 35 came and I was like yeah we should think about this but I was like traveling the world building my business having a blast 36 37 38 39 40 hit and I was like Glenn we're doing this like you know I literally started knitting a baby blanket a little casual I'm like I'm like my career's is fine I'm gonna chill out I'm gonna have a baby this is gonna be great and I went uh I happened to be in New York City coming back from Europe from a big trip and then I was gonna get back to LA and so I meet this uh friend of mine for dinner do you know who Mama Gina is School of Womanly Arts two should know each other So she says to me the same thing. She's like, so what's up with you and kids? And I was like, I'm having them now. Like, I'm 40. (laughs) Like, I just got back from Europe. Like, I'm going to L.A. We're having kids. And she looked in my eyes and she said, unless you must don't. Did she have children? Yes. What that woke my soul up to is that I never asked my soul... Do you want kids? I was just going through the motions. Mm. I asked my soul, "Do you want biological children?" And I got a no. And I was deeply depressed for two weeks because I realized I had to mourn the loss. Yes, it's the
0: grieving you have to go
1: of through. this fake dream that I had my entire life. And it
0: is—it's it's almost thrust upon us. There's an assumption that you must have children. Yeah, and I,
1: and, I, and I thought people that didn't have kids were weird. You know, mm. like we all have like that one cousin yeah. that didn't have kids. Now I think people that do have kids are weird. Keep calm and chat
0: on. I'm sorry you're not having children because I think you'd be a very good mum. Nevertheless, I applaud your choice and decision. But as you say, you need, you know, you've got a guy who had kids. So that helps, I think, that you weren't having, you know, he was cool with whatever you wanted.
1: Yes, he was. So it sounds to me like
0: you married well, you chose well, or was it just you felt crazy in love, or did you? I
1: just knew he was Hmm. my soulmate. It was. You said he's much older. Yes, he's 21 years older than me. And how long have you been married? We've been together 14 years. We've been married eight. Yeah, I, I know
0: several couples who, there's a big age gap, and they're blissfully happy. And they have been for many, many years, so it's, I don't think it's an issue. Do you? He, he keeps me young. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy for you. That's brilliant, because a lot of people don't find true love.
1: I have many issues, but that's not one of them. <laughs> was... Tell me one of your issues. <laughs> that's one of my <laughs> issues. Because um, you can't be perfect. No, definitely not. I've got a short fuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm, definitely. That That is one of the things that I, I work on is speaking the truth in love.
0: Well, you've got a, you, your
1: business is described
0: as a multi-million dollar empire. Is that true? I'm assuming you haven't made that up. <laughs> it's and true. You, I know that you've got staff because two of your assistants were contacting me about making a time and I applaud you that you have. So how many people have you got working for you?
1: Somewhere or I, mean, I can go through it, but somewhere around 10 to 12. Okay, that's where...
0: a lot. So you're responsible for other people's Lifestyles and income and jobs so you want to be successful to keep them going as well. presumably.
1: sure there is There's definitely a responsibility to the team mm-hmm. and you can't do you think you can get too big? The
0: business yours
1: specifically. I think that you can get too big too fast too soon mm-hmm. and make mistakes I, I've made that mistake uh, Growing it too quickly. We're in a really good place right now. We're and you are right what's
0: that expression? walking the talk and talking the walk and dancing. I mean, you're doing uh, it, you live by what you recommend to other people. You're described as a business, a transformational business and life coach. So when you're talking to someone about trying to get make their business grow, presumably social media plays a massive part in business these days, that it did not yeah. play maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and I noticed that you um, did a live, Instagram post when you were driving here, it was all excited. Mm-hmm. and Now this is something I find difficult because obviously I've got a podcast. I'm a writer. I would like to be a lot more successful than I am, but I can't. Imbre- I'm feel very uncomfortable on social media. Does it come easily to you to to do that? Not right, it's, not but it's important, really. isn't it,
1: to it, be successful in business? It doesn't come easy to me because I don't enjoy it. You know, when I first started my business, the amount of self promotion that was necessary just in sending out emails and saying this course is amazing. You know, and It felt so uncomfortable when it was like my own course. It's like you know, the women who had gone before me, they weren't in that era, so it's like they didn't have to do that and I had to roll with the times. And I've learned how to do things in a way that feel good to me and are also in, in true with the times. Um, I have a full-time social media person, largely because I don't love doing it right. myself. Um, I work a lot with her to give her content so that it has my voice. Full time.
0: Someone works for you full time on social media. Yep. So that means Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Those are the uh, Pinterest Pinterest. So how I mean what do they do? She just posts stuff or is it she, I'm
1: assuming. It is a she. Um she'll take like clips from our live events and okay. chop them up and, right. and put them out there. Um she'll come to me and say, Um, Gina, I wanna do a Monday motivation piece, where you give us some inspiration? But then she physically goes and posts the picture and mm. types it up and all puts the link where they can get more and all that stuff.
0: It's a very fine balance between being you know, keeping your brand are out there, but not being annoying. So people just go scroll, scroll, Mm -hmm. scroll, scroll. I don't know, that I certainly haven't got it, but you clearly have. Mm -hmm. But what, so what could you give us five tips for accepting that they're different if you're looking to promote your business or if you're looking to promote yourself or would it be the same thing? How to to be more successful business-wise
1: and personally for people? Sure. It really does start from the inside, for sure. Honesty. It is, um, I would say, number one, being clear about what your desires are. You know, statistically in the United States, only one in a hundred people even know what they want. Hmm. And it shows. You know, people, 67% of Americans are going to jobs every day that they hate. Um, You know, and it's like... 67%? 67%. Wow. And it's like... But if you've got kids, you've got no choice. That's not true. Not in my world. If, If... You have a choice to earn a living based on your passion, based on your zone of genius. You know, I don't think God's up there being like, yeah, it sucks to be you, you got kids, so you gotta go to this job you hate. It's it's just become this thing that people aren't questioning enough. And there's too much power in ourselves and what can be created. I think the first thing is you gotta get really clear on your desires. It doesn't mean that that's a magic trick and that you don't need to do some day job till you can get to this passionate career. But number one, getting clear on your desires. Two, committing to it at such a level where you actually make a decision. A decision means to cut. And it's, you know, wishing and wanting and hoping doesn't work. If it did, we'd all be skinny billionaires by now. (laughs) So you have to get clear on your desires. You have to make the decision that you're going to do it no matter what. You have to keep in mind that what you're doing is a blessing to you and a blessing to others I call it a double blessing so people get all like me 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 or they get totally invisible to themselves and they're just like oh, I'm just gonna go be of service and forget about themselves so it has to be the double blessing there has to be right action to make that dream come alive you know it's I'm a strong believer in prayer and meditation and that in and of itself isn't going to eliminate the need to hustle And then the last step is really important. Step five would be getting really great at receiving. I think that people will oftentimes do all of the other steps, and then they'll sabotage themselves right at the end. Whether they're calling in love, whether they're calling in money, whether they're calling in an opportunity, and they'll they'll get scared, like you know, something bad's going to happen if I let this good thing happen. Almost press the self destruct. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, how do you? How do people? I know
0: people like that. How (laughs) do
1: they stop doing that? You become aware of it, first right. of all.
0: Acknowledging there's a yes.
1: And, and you start to change the mentality. It's back to that question, how good are you going to let life get? Because, you know, what I'll say to other women is There's whatever you got clear on that you want, desire, what you're meant for, there's millions of women right now who have already given themselves permission to live that life.
0: Do you ever meet someone or, or who comes on one of your courses who's a lost cause and nothing's going to you say or do is going to change them from being
1: stuck. I so first of all being a life coach or a success coach is not about being god and even god allows uh people to make their own choices. So, I don't think that anybody inherently is a lost cause. I think that people are I think that some people are so committed to dysfunction and negativity that that you get what you focus on and you get what you're committed to and there isn't a coach in the world that can eliminate someone's free will if that's what they want to focus on that's what they're going to get
0: um it am i right in thinking that some of your courses are held in exotic places in italy and things yes and dubai and
1: bali and yes
0: that's brilliant. sounds amazing. And I've looked at them. They look fabulous. Everyone looks happy. Now, I did years and years and years ago, before I had kids, I went on a course um, organized by Cosmopolitan magazine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going back 40 years. And I really enjoyed it. I haven't done many since. Cause I was, I, well, I just haven't. But I, don't, I know that they can be beneficial. So even if, from, from a social point of view and the networking point of view, mm-hmm. there's so
1: many reasons to do it. They're life-changing yeah. events. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, travel, travel is just such a beautiful gift, right? None of us are ever the same after we've taken a trip, and especially an international one. I agree. And what about age? Does is a can you be too old to be a queen? No, not at all. I think that the older you get, the the more capable you are of being a queen because you're more aware and you're hopefully more wise.
0: Any last bit of
1: advice you'd like to give to listeners out there? And are you just women or, or men as well? I do I do mostly work with women. Right. Some, some of them will send their husbands at times. <laughs> but um, mostly I work with women. So
0: any bit of advice off the top of your head that you would like or thought that you'd like to leave listeners with?
1: It is, yes. My, um, what I take a stand for... you listening right now is your greatness and the big dreams that are inside of you Um, no matter what you've been through no matter what anyone has told you you are not too young or too old or too anything to not seize today and move forward in the directions of your dreams they are not hopes they are meant to be manifested Um, so i would say in a in a healthy way take yourself more seriously and give yourself the credit that you deserve and go make those dreams come true. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It's such a pleasure, Claire.
0: Thank you. We simply must applaud them, the chat podcast with Claire Fordham. Keep calm and chat on. My universe may be small, but I do feel I am queen of it. Gina said that international trips are always a good idea. I am off to Fiji to see my son and grandchildren, and that feels like the best idea anyone ever had. My producer and engineer, Tiago Barrero, was going home to Brazil for the summer, but we will still be bringing you the chat with Claire Fordham thanks to the miracle of the internet. Until next time, when my guest will be librettist, author, illustrator and clinical psychologist, Dr. Terry Marks-Tarlow. The great Welsh poet Dylan Thomas was on his way to California to meet with the great composer Igor Stravinsky to write an opera together, but Thomas drank himself to death before he got there. They had mapped out a few ideas. Sixty years on, Dr Marks Tarlow jumped into Dylan Thomas's shoes when she was commissioned by Juilliard School of Music to write the lyrics for Ouroborium that premiered at New York's Lincoln Center in April 2018. Another composer, Jonathan Dorr, jumped into Stravinsky's shoes. Even if opera isn't your thing, Dr. Marks Tarlow tells a great story and shares some sound advice on living and loving well. Thanks for listening, keep calm and chat on!
1: The Chat with Claire Fordham is an M Squared production.